0: Good morning, everybody. I know it's difficult that every new face comes up here and says good morning, and you guys got to be like, you know, but just for my sake, good morning. How's everybody doing? Are you glad to be in church this morning? Yeah. I think it's better being in church than running out there with the runners, eh? That's too much hard work. <laughs> uh. Do you know, every, every moment in my life where people told me I got to do cardio, I got to run, I'm like, there's got to be more interesting ways to do this, because I promise you, like from a fitness point of view, I could probably do it, but my mind, though, it's like I'm running, and I'm like, "Oh, that's
1: he's a lie." He's, he's lying. I from a fitness point of view, I can do it. Hey, he'd probably hey. run from here to the block, uh, hey. the, I, the block. I play
0: tennis. I can run. Okay, that's <laughs> all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I never said how long I can run. <laughs> when they say jog, I go for about 73 meters. Then I'm like, "Thanks, that was a good one." Cardio done. Praise. It's a jog the Lord. sprint.
1: <laughs> awesome. How are you guys feeling this morning? Everybody good? I know a lot of guys got delayed this morning, Shame. Some of them probably just turned around and went home. But turn to the person next to you and say, so cool to have you in church, man. Lekker. Lekker, a krekker. Look them deep in the eye and say, hello, weet ni, wat ons <laughs> Afrikaans. Awesome. I said awesome. You're awesome. We're all awesome, amen. Because God's awesome that's it <laughs> man you know, we're carrying on with the series and uh you guys know what the series is it's change versus transformation amen yeah. turn to the person next to you and say change versus transformation change. we have to we have to continually just uh, uh um review what we've said in the weeks before just to catch everybody else up that hasn't heard the previous message but the difference between change and transformation is, in Scripture, when God's speaking about development of a human being, of the spirit man, he never uses the concept of change. Change simply means, or it denotes, if you go and study it out, it means something that you must uh, uh, perform by self-management. Hello? There's nothing wrong with change, but it's not God's way. Hello? When the Bible speaks to the spirit man, he always uses the concept of transformation, okay? Transformation denotes it is something that takes place in the human heart and they become a product of being in the right space. So transformation is effortless because you have been put in the right space, something takes place from the inside out. Are you with me? Do you understand? Change is something you take upon yourself, and you're going to go try to do this and try to do that in your flesh, uh, but it's not God's way. Amen? It's, it's humanistic. So if we want to experience the kingdom, we need to experience the principles of the kingdom. Amen? If we, if we could do it our own way, then why, do we, why are we called to serve God? Why are we called to have a different point of view, a different perspective? Amen? Amen? Are you with me? Hello? Yeah. Everybody okay? Yeah. Awesome. Let's see a big smile. Come on. Nice, Clav. That's a beaut. Come on. You obviously had your coffee this morning. That's why he's smiling like that. Oh, he's had three already. He can't stop smiling. <laughs> it's like that emoji, you know? <laughs> awesome. So are you with us? So we're going to pick up from there, and we're going to explain. Because you've got to remember, <clears throat> when the Bible speaks to us, it's speaking to a new creation. It's not speaking to a dead person. It's speaking to someone who's been made alive in the Holy Spirit. See, your spirit, man, has now been—I need both my hands. Put your hand up there. This was your spirit, okay? This is your spirit. Now the Holy Spirit has come in, and he is one with your spirit. From the time of Adam and Eve, there has never been a, a creation like this. Can we just say that again? Do you, do you guys understand what we're saying? Yeah. When Jesus came and made all things new, he did this for the first time. He recreated dead people. He made them alive. That's it. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. From the time of Adam and Eve up until the first person who received the Holy Spirit in their heart, there had never been that type of creation on the planet. That's why he says, you are a... New creation. Say this, I am a new creation. Sometimes we don't understand the gravity and the power when the scriptures talking to us. Mm. So as I was saying, when the when the Lord speaks to us through the scriptures, when you hear his voice, he's not talking to your five senses. He's talking to your mirrored image of your spirit man who has its own senses. And as I was explaining last week, in your spirit, man, you're supposed to see with your heart. You're supposed to hear with your heart. Remember Jesus said, the anointing has come upon me, and what am I called to do? I'm called to open the eyes. He wasn't talking about physical eyes. He was talking about spiritual eyes. He said, I'm I'm going to set the captives free. He wasn't coming to set you free from uh, Boxburg jail. He's coming to set you free from you being incapacitated by your flesh. That's it. Hello? That's, it. That's what he was saying. Everything is about the five senses of the new man, of the spirit man. Now, as a Christian, we have to develop as a spirit being. Hello? We have to. Otherwise, we are going to have a miserable existence. The Bible says the moment that we become reborn in our spirit, we can perceive. We can't see just yet, but we can perceive that there is another way of living. Ever ever worked in a job 24-7? You get up, go to work, come home, eat, sleep, poo, get up, go to work. Eat, sleep, poo, go to work. Eat, sleep, poo, go to work. The tape's running out there. <laughs> Do you think that's what Jesus died for? Can you please get serious? A lot of us are asking, oh God, I need a job, I need a job, and Jesus is going, I've got a way for you to get out of this whole thing. Are you with me? He's saying, I'll take you out of the system, I'll take you out of the world, I'll take you out of all of this stuff, but there's a different way, there's a different way, there's a different logic. And we have to surrender to it. Our job is one thing as Christians, surrender to the logic of the Lord. Amen? As we've spoken over and over again, sin logic is not sex, drugs, and rock and roll, guys. Sin logic is God of yourself, making the plan, trying to do it in your flesh, chasing after something because you're feeling lack in your heart. Not lacker, Lack. Some of us chase after things feeling lacquer, and there's a big problem. Men, in particular. Are you with me? Hello? So we have to, we have to grow. There's a, Jesus is coming and, and he's saying this to us. He's saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying there's a whole nother realm available now that I'm here. I'm making all things new. And from this moment, when I make it all new, there's a different way of thinking. Don't get stuck in the financial system. Don't get stuck in the medical system. Don't get stuck in the, in the way that the world does relationships, the way that the world does uh, marriage. Don't get stuck. I've got another way. I can lead you, but it has to take place in the other five senses, not your natural five senses. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to be more spiritual in my senses. I want to become spiritually intellectual. Hello? Hello? Are you guys following? It's so hard. You guys have got to bear with us. It's so hard to explain spiritual things in a natural way. It's very difficult. So our job is very difficult. The only way we can actually bring about the Word to you is that we can actually read the Word, experience God, have a revelation of that Word, how it's lived out, and then we have to come explain it to you Mm. and say this is what it looks like to be successful in the kingdom. To be successful in the kingdom and to be successful in the world, man, there's a huge disparity. Hello? Hello? Are you are you with me? It's a totally different playing field. Mm. But the one controls the other. The one controls the other. Yeah. Amen. So we wanna we wanna take you through some spiritual stuff here and make it as as simple and understand uh, simple to understand as possible. Mm. And we wanna show you. We wanna take you on a little bit of a journey. here. Which one are we gonna kick off with?
0: Um.
1: <clears throat> one two. Am I loud
0: enough out there? Okay, good. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah, I think, I think we'll, we'll kick off with uh, our, our perseverance uh, element last week. You guys were here last week? Remember, we were talking about perseverance. We looked at Paul. We looked at Peter. We looked at James. And you know, what, what uh, is talking about this morning, it's actually very radical to someone who is still carnal, talking about being in the five senses, you know? Uh, how'd you guys do with persevering this week? Any takers? You tried, at least. You persevered. Praise the Lord. I saw some awkward smiles. That's okay. It's fine. (laughs) But uh, when you look at how radical the new creation is, you know, Paul even makes a statement in Romans. He says, Listen, when I sin, it's not me sinning, it's sin in me. And you're like, Huh? It's like, Paul, that sounds like a cop out. He's like, No, 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 you don't understand. You see, I was born into sin through Adam, but Christ has now redeemed me. Christ has now reconciled me to God. So even before, when I was born into sin through Adam, In all my strength and trying and understanding, I could never be reconciled to God. And he's making a statement to say that Christ has done something in me that me or no one else could ever achieve. You know what that is? He has made me new in my spirit, he has brought me to life, he has opened my eyes. Amen? But the truth is, is that our physical eyes have been opened since we were born. Do babies open their eyes in the womb? I don't think so, no. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. I think you only learn to open your eyes underwater when you're swimming, but it's fine. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Ladies, do babies open their eyes in the womb? They blink. Ash is, Ash is vehemently shaking his head, so okay. Right. So they don't, okay? <laughs> really like, whoop, you know? But... Um, our spiritual I mean, our physical eyes are open the minute we're born, right? And, and we start seeing things. We're taking in images. We, we are observing. And, we, you know, we, we are setting boundaries and benchmarks about how to live in the physical world, right? But our experience with God has always had to be in our heart. Everyone say my heart, right? And last week, we were touching on perseverance, and we were touching on committing and standing strong. You know, and last week, we were talking about... Um, you know, the motive of why we do things, you know? The motive of, of, of why are we seeking God? Do we truly want Him or do we want our problems gone? You know, we touched on all those, those kind of things. And we wanted to just close off the biblical perseverance last week because perseverance does have a way that it looks in the world, right? What does it look like in the world? Keep trying, have discipline, keep going until you get there, amen? Anyone be on a diet or a gym program? Keep going, you're going to see it, right? Yeah, keep trying, keep trying. Oh, but I felt bad this morning. Don't worry, you got to push. you got to push, right? Anyone you ever studied anything, it's the same story. Year after year, you're like, <laughs> again? You know, when you get your reports at the end of the year, you're like, wah! And then holidays are over, you're like, oh, I can't do this again. But what do they say? you got to push, persevere, right? But you know what biblical perseverance looks like? Biblical perseverance is about pushing and and standing strong and being disciplined to experience what you already have. Are you with me? So let's say let's say I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit you know flabby all over, okay? Um, and then I look in the mirror and I'm like, don't say anything. I saw you were gonna pick the mic up. Don't you dare! I was gonna say. No, I, was, I saw you went like.
1: I was gonna say it's a bad
0: time, he confessed <laughs> this. <laughs> Hey, it's not, it's not that bad, okay? But let's say, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I want to do something, you know, and I'm going to go for it. Now, am I going to believe I'm muscular and I look like Captain America before I actually see a Captain America on me? Like, when I go like this, I'm like, hey, there we go, bicep, tricep. It's going to be hard, right? Imagine I come to you and be like, Deez, don't I look like Captain America in my current state,
1: I mean? Um... <laughs> You're catching me, you, Am I yeah, supposed yeah, you to gotta be honest. Like, you? you got to be honest. Uh, no, you look like Captain Brackband. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but can you, can you see how that could cause a problem, right? Because what is he seeing? With his eyes, he's looking at me. He's like, listen, you know what? I saw Captain America 1, 2, 3. I saw Avengers. You might be a little bit off the mark, but you know what I'm saying? It's, you might be a little bit off the mark. So what do I do then? I say, okay, cool. I go look up. What is Captain America's workout plan? Yeah, I've got some reactions because I've given that plan to some people and they nearly died, but it's fine. If you guys want to do it, do it. It's really, really good. <laughs> Ash is like, no, I don't want to do it. But what do I do then? Okay, cool. For the next six to eight weeks, i got to get the diet in order. i got to get this together and i got to choy. Now, hypothetically, hypothetically, let's say I commit and I'm disciplined and I persevere. Because, you know, that morning when you wake up and you see, oh, man, i got to do legs today. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, maybe I'll just skip and go to Burger King or something, right? Everyone's laughing because they know. But anyway, so let's say at the end of the six to eight weeks, all of a sudden, I start looking a bit different, and maybe I start looking like a mini Captain America, maybe like a Lieutenant America or a Corporal America, right? <laughs> Not a Captain, okay? We out of brackband now, okay? So what starts happening? Now I go to him, I say, he did, and he's like, hey, man, you're looking good, yeah, this is working, this is working. What does he say to me? He says, what did you do? What do I tell him? I said, hey, check this program that I follow. You go six to eight weeks. I'd never be able to give you gym advice, obviously, but you know what I'm saying. But hey, six to eight weeks, stick to it, and this is how you're going to, it's going to be good, right? Are you guys following me? Now, typically, that is the process that we've seen in the world, right? You see someone rock in with a super sports car, and you go, hey, what do you do? And that person's like, actually, I'm a politician. No, no, I'm kidding. Don't do it now. I'm kidding. But let's say they say, you know, when I saw, when I saw those M3s, you know, I'm so Indian. But uh, when, I, when I was in high school, every Indian who had an M3 was a CA, right? He was a chartered accountant. He went into finance. I'm like, Jesse, what do you do, but He's like, no, I'm a, I'm a chartered accountant. I'm like, and you drive this car? He's like, yeah, this is my car. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to become a chartered accountant so I can drive that car, right? Are you guys with me? So... We've, we've been used to this method of perseverance, right? But you know, it's so amazing. Hebrews tells us that we must labor to enter into rest. How many of you know that in the world, if you don't labor, you achieve nothing? What, is about? what does Proverbs tell us? That a lazy man is destructive and he achieves nothing in life, right? So we, in our carnal way of living and growing up and, and being programmed... We know for a fact, if we don't do anything, nothing's going to happen, right? But what is God's version of that? Because now we've explained change. We know if we don't put in the work, if I don't go to the gym there, that five days a week, and I don't follow that program, at the end of six to eight weeks, I can't expect anything, agreed? But God has a different way to do it, because you see, when the Bible teaches us that we are to uh, labor to enter into rest, right? What it's explaining to us is that you first need to connect with the source. Are you with me? You first need to repent, change your mind so that you can connect with God to see this logic that Pastor Didi was talking about. Are you guys with me? So how did it happen in the Word, right? Let's look at the Bible because, you know, that's our truth, right? Now, how many of you in the Bible, who's your favorite Bible character? Don't get spiritual and say Jesus. We know, okay. Okay, we know. Anyone wave at me? Who's Don't it? say Judas. Don't <laughs> Who's it? Jonah. Jonah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Jonah was a man who liked sushi. Okay. <laughs> that's good. You also like sushi? Yes, no? Okay, good. Nice. Someone from this side, favorite Bible character? Anyone? Shout at me. Who? John. John. Oh, Job. oh Job. Job. Yeah, Job's an interesting one. Very, very interesting. That side? Moses, hey, Uncle Mo, I like Uncle Mo, yes. Uncle Moe's a lecker character. I need one from here, come, someone, anyone. Uh,
1: David, David, Elijah, woo
0: they're pulling out the heavy hitters here. Right, so, so now all these characters that you guys mentioned, and obviously everyone shouted out their favorites, right? But when you went back and you looked at their lives, typically we normally focus on what they did with their lives, right? Okay, so Jonah, for example, I mean, okay. I don't, know, I don't know who in their right mind runs away from God, but it's fine. You know, Jonah's cool. You know, he comes back and he gives his prophecy, everything. Uh, David and Elijah, my goodness, king of Israel, worshiper of God. Elijah, yeah, we, we won't even talk about oh, him. Oh, that oh, guy was prophet of thunder, my gosh. He had some hectic things. Job, Job was one of the most successful. You know, he had everything and also went through some hardships, right? So we typically know what they did in life and what they achieved and their momentous occasions, all right? Moses, I'm getting to Moses now. Oh, Uncle Mo. But here's the thing. Do you know that every single one of them started with an experience with God first? Who in the Bible went on being worthy of being written in these pages when and did something without experiencing God first? Let's take Abraham. What does the Bible say? And the Lord appeared to Abraham. Okay, hold on a second. I don't know about you guys, okay? But being a pagan worshipper that Abraham was, hmm, we worship the moon. Who created this moon? And God's like, you. I-, I would have fallen over. I kid you not. I'm like, is the moon speaking? What is going on? And God's like, no, I'm the creator of heaven and earth. What happened to Moses? Kills an Egyptian, runs away, you know the whole story. he's busy tending to his sheep, and he sees this glowing coming out of a cave there or whatever. And he's like, hey, someone roasting my lamb. What's going on there? Walks in there, boom, burning bush. What's worse, the bush speaks to him. I would have fallen over. The Lord wouldn't have had to say, take off your sandals, this is holy ground. He'd be like, wake up, I'm talking to you, right? David, David just chilling, worshiping God, lying there on the rocks looking after the sheeps. Yes, sheeps is a word. One sheep, many sheep. I'm kidding, that's bad English, okay? But he's just chilling, chilling. Um... Jesse uh, gets approached by the prophet, says, line up your sons. We need to anoint the next king. Mm. Jesse's like, 100% cool. Get them all here. Doesn't even consider David. David's just chilling there, enjoying God's presence with his ancient guitar. That's what a harp is. Praise the Lord. Right? And what happens? He the pro- yeah. He goes through all of them. He's like, "Ah, uh-uh. Do you have any more sons? Right? Jesse's like, yeah, I've got one more. He's like, where's he? Bring him. I said, bring all your sons. Boom. Right there, David gets anointed as king. Can you see here that before all the great stories we know about them, there was an experience they had with God. Amen? Let's take our, our favorite apostle. I'm saying ours because he's all of our favorite apostle. Okay? Why? Because he's the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul, right? Jew of all Jews. We've heard his CV. Go read his CV. Man, that guy's hectic, right? Killing Christians. Boom. Light appears, he goes blind. I don't know how you get blinded. Imagine, you know, when you close your eyes, you just see dark. When you close your eyes, you just see white. I don't know how that happens, right? But what happens? The Lord says, Why are you persecuting me? Why do you kill me? He's blind for three days, right? The Lord shows him, Go to this person, this person. He's, the scales fall off his eyes. That's what the Bible says. The scales fall off his eyes, and he goes for 14 years on this journey with the Lord. And he comes back, and he has the most influential ministry of all the apostles, okay? You know, because of Paul, we are sitting here, because we were all Gentiles at one stage, right? The other apostles went to the Jews. Are you guys with me? But what happened? Because we read what happened in his life. Man, the, the, the beatings, the, 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 the constant fights and arguments, the being chained up in prison, all these things up until the point of being beheaded, Same with the other apostles, crucified upside down, skinned alive, boiled in oil, all the crazy things that happened to them. Why did they commit to this degree? What did they have? It wasn't theology that they had. Theology and doctrine was a result of what they had. Are you guys with me? There was no power in their theology or their doctrine. There was no power in the 12 of them being together. Are you guys with me? What did they have? They had an encounter with the living God. Now, you see, when we talk about perseverance, we all reason out the worldly way. So we read what's available in Christ. Right? Peace, joy, salvation, blessing. You know, you always hear, the blessing of the Lord maketh one rich, and it adds no sorrow with it. You're like, yeah! What do we do? We hear someone say, here's five steps to get the blessing. And what do we do? We approach that with the world's perseverance. And we say, I'm going to work it. I'm going to commit. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to try. And everyone's like, wow, but that's right. That's right. It's right if we do it God's way. And what is God's way? Like I just mentioned with all these examples we have in the word. It is the encounter with him first. Are you guys with me? Now, there may be a lot of us sitting here this morning and we're saying, man, it just feels heavy. And we say, man, you know what, it, it just, I don't know if I could do this anymore. How many of you heard testimonies of Christians who turn away and say, you know what, I tried the God thing. You know, I sit and I listen to that and I'm like, how do you get to that point where you say, I tried the God thing? Because you know what you tried? You tried theology and you tried doctrine. Because you see, when I read this, when God himself imprints something on your heart, man, your eyes become open. Are you guys with me? It's like that age-old question, how do I know if I'm really saved? It's the imprint on your heart. Are you guys with me? Because God is real. The Bible tells us he is real. He's the living God. He is spirit. And when we encounter him, something happens on our hearts. Now, what happens when that imprint comes, do you know what biblical perseverance looks like? Is that, okay, wait a minute. I have to persevere, commit, stand strong, be steadfast. In what? In what God has confirmed in my heart. Because now when I'm committing and standing strong and being steadfast, I'm not trying to go somewhere or get something I already have it. Are you guys with me? Let's take a moment, right? What did they say to Peter? We're going to crucify you like you're Jesus. What does the man say? He says, I ain't worthy, bruh." Do it upside down. Now, we can go into analysis of that, but the point I'm making about this is, do you think it was his church members that gave him the motivation to say that? Do you think it was, uh, uh, you know, the fact that he was, yeah. Do you think it, it, it was the fact that he was an a, a apostle who walked with Jesus? Do you think it was the fact that Jesus made breakfast for him? Which he did. Remember, he was out fishing and Jesus made... Okay, anyway. Right? Do you think it was 24-hour prayer sessions? Do you think it was all these things? No. You know what it was? Because they had Pentecost. You know what happened? They were in the upper room. And the Bible says suddenly, like a rushing wind the Holy Spirit came in. And every single one of them received that imprint on their hearts. Now church, you want to know about power. You know you get preachers that go, power! I think they're getting it from Jeremy Clarkson, you know. But they say power and anointing, double portions, breaking chains, you know all this kind of stuff, right? But, do you know that none of that is possible unless you have the imprint? You know, faith is produced because of that imprint. What does Hebrews tell us? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. A lot of people say, How do I have faith, Pastor? It's like, What do you mean? Faith is a response. You can't have faith in nothing. How do I have faith in God? Well, what has God done in your heart? Because you see, He gives us evidence. All the time. Christ is the evidence to the entire world, right? And you know what? When you choose to believe, wow, he is the son of God. He came, he died for my sins, and he was raised, raised to life again. When you choose to believe that and you open your heart and you say, Lord, I have faith in what he did. I want to be with you. I give my life to you. Something takes place deep in your heart. And do you know what sustains you? Do you know what, what, what keeps you? Uh, uh, motivated it keeps you steadfast and focused is that when you remember wow that is the evidence that is the evidence you see when we confuse the worldly evidence with the evidence God has given us in our heart then we reach those moments where we say it's heavy pastor I don't know if I can do it you know I don't know if if this is the way how do I know it's like but wait a minute did you not have the confirmation in your heart from God? Amen? Are you, are you guys following what I'm saying? You know, as a believer, it's important that we understand this principle. Because last week, we were talking about the two keys to transformation. Accountability, saying, okay, yeah, that's a problem. But also, responsibility. What am I going to do now to make sure that I see the fullness of God's word in my life. Yeah. Amen? So I'm going to ask you this morning. Take a moment. Take, take five seconds now. And I want you to remember, go back to a time, any, any time in your life, regardless of, of what it's related to, okay, where you know that you know that you know, man, God touched your heart about a certain thing, in a certain moment, whatever it was, Right? You guys there? More or less, you got it? Everyone got it? Now, while you're thinking about that moment, I want you to think about all the emotion you had in that moment. Think about how that moment made you feel. Think about the thoughts that you had in that moment. Think about the tangible experience of his presence in that moment. Just take a few seconds. Do it. You guys there? You got it? Now, do you know the evidence that you received on your heart right there in that moment is the same evidence that's available to you every day, continually, consistently? But what do we need to be as believers? We need to persevere. And how do we persevere? The evidence in the world is all of this around us. But in my heart, you know what I'm going to stand on? I'm going to stand on the evidence that God gave me. I know that I know that I know. He has touched my heart. In my deepest, darkest depths, He came in and He touched my heart. Amen? Do you want to add
1: in here? Yeah. That is so powerful. That is the true gospel. That puts everything into perspective. No more working, no more striving. Like he said, Abraham... The encounter that Abraham had, the imprint that Abraham had. Remember, he came from a pagan pagan nation. He was a moon worshiper. And he asks God to show himself, and God shows himself. And in his heart, he receives this message. I am your exceedingly great reward. What is God saying? He's saying, from this moment that you have experienced me in your heart, Remember, I am the reward, the exceedingly great reward. No matter what exploits you go and do now in the world, naturally, whatever you go and try and do in marriage, whatever you go and try and do in business, whatever you go and try and do in success, in, in, it doesn't matter. You will always come back to, I am your exceedingly great reward. And from that reward, we go and start successful families. From that reward, from that that imprint, that experience, we go and start successful businesses. From that place, we go and start successful communities. Are you with me? Hello? We're getting it back to front, guys. Before you leave in the morning, before you go out of your door in the morning, have a glimpse of what he was just saying. Don't go out there until it's not about you going in your prayer time and sitting there and, and reading the Bible and, oh, you know, Lord, and you're confessing all your sin. and you're, God knows you've got sin. You send somebody to take them away. What you need is you need a reminder of how great He is as the reward. So before you leave your house, just go and meditate. Go to the lounge. Go sit in your car. Go sit in the garage. Who cares? Get away. Sit in the garden and just have a moment where you are reminded of how good he is. Exactly. And when you walk out the front door, I'm telling you now, there's no way you can have a bad day. Mm. It's impossible. Yeah. I don't care if you get out the driveway and somebody bumps your car. Yeah. It's actually the best time because it it's very fresh. <laughs> the experience yeah. is very fresh. There, there's lots of grace for By that By lunchtime, person. I don't know. But are you with me? You see, we have to live from the source out. What we're getting told is, come on this course, do this Bible course, do this Bible study, do this yeah, do that yeah, And this is, you can be so intellectually equipped with the scriptures and never have that experience. I know people that go into their prayer time and they confess all the scriptures, they do all the steps that the pastors have told them, and they walk out of their prayer meeting in more fear than they had before they walked in there. Are you with me? We're getting it wrong. Why do you think when two people come to me and they say, Pastor, we want to get married? I can't say, hey, yes, you can get married. I have to sit and listen to the Holy Spirit. Why? Even though they say, no, we want to get married next week, I have to say, hold on, because there might be baby Christians. I have to wait for them to have that experience for their marriage. they got to know that they know that they know that this thing is from the Lord they can't just go on the marriage counseling course and say, okay, now we're ready. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't have that experience in their heart, when the financial troubles come, hello? I don't care how much you know. If you don't know that you know that you know that God said this thing is right, this is from Him, we had the experience, we know, that thing's built on rocky, uh, sorry, on, on shaky foundation. People come to me and they say, I've got this idea for business and I want to do this and I want to do that. I'm, I've got everything. The business plan is sorted. This is, looks good. We're we going. I'm like, hold on, I don't have peace. What do you mean? It's not that I don't have peace about the idea. I, have peace, I don't have peace about the timing. And they're like, but the idea is there. We, we know. Like, I need you to have that experience in your heart because the month that there's no sales, you gotta know that God said yes. You have to. Are you with me? You have to. Know. You, you got to know. You can go and do it. In your, but guess what? And your business might not close. But the Bible says that you will pierce yourself through with many sorrows. Because what you will do is you'll try to keep that thing together in your flesh and your intellect. Mm. What does he say in Psalms? He says, In your light we have light. Hello? Mm. Until He lights up the path, until He lights up the way, do we only start moving? Because we live from the experience. We don't try to experience and then go to God and ask Him to fix it. Hello? We live from Him, the experience, into our lives.
0: And you can see from that example how easy perseverance becomes. Very easy. Because when you're in a position and you don't have the conviction that you should go a certain way or something is from God, what do you have to do? You have to motivate yourself. You have to sustain yourself. You have to run to your friends and the pastors and you say, I got to make this work. How do I do it? How do I do it? But when you have the conviction, the imprint on your heart that you yourself went and got from God, what do you do in that moment? You say, Okay, Lord, it's hectic. This looks, this looks rough. But you know what you said? I know it in my heart. You showed me. This is the way to go. You know, Abraham, how many years was it before Isaac rocked up?
1: Was it 20?
0: 13. No, th- was it 15? I think it was 15. Yeah, 13. Whatever. It was many, many years before Isaac rocked up. What do you think he did in the meantime? Okay, we won't talk about the Hagar thing. Because Abraham was just being Abraham there, okay? That was his pagan side coming out. But in the meantime... When Sarah was still barren and he, he was unproductive, imagine in his own heart, he's like, yes, but you told me. Are you guys with me? You told me. Look at Jesus, what happened in the garden. He was there, boom, and he even made the statement, Lord, if this can go by, let it be, but your will be done, not mine. And Hebrews gives us a glimpse and it says, you know what? For the hope set before him, he endured the cross. Amen. Now, what was the hope before him? The hope before him was like, I've already seen where this goes to. Listen, let me tell you, Jesus subscribing to our podcast was not going to help him endure the cross. Even if he was subscribed to Jim Richards' school of ministry, not even close. Trust me, to endure the cross, he needed confirmation that was beyond his knowledge, his experience, his relationships. Are you guys with me? He needed evidence that could not be tarnished by the corruption in this world. Now practically, what does that look like? I like that example you gave about the mornings, right? You know, I've had certain episodes in my life, much like the rest of us. We all have had episodes, you know, where everything feels heavy and it's like, you know, everything feels like a blur and you are just emotionally like tied up and you're stressed and you're frustrated and everything just feels like against you. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, just me, all right. so. You know those moments, and I promise you, in the beginning, I was very frustrated because some person's telling me, no, the devil's attacking you. Then another person's telling me, no, God's breaking you to make you stronger. (laughs) All this nonsense, right? So much confusion. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, cool. And you know what happened? Over the years, as I'm doing what we're talking about now, and I am prioritizing experiencing God, right? You know what happens? When these episodes come up, they normally happen when I'm extremely busy in life. So you know those moments where you don't really have time for much, you know? And what happens is that that prioritizing of his presence starts slipping. And two, three days a week, two weeks goes by, and you're in the mix of some heavy stuff. And all of a sudden, you just feel like the next person who breathes next to me, I'm going to punch in the teeth, okay? Do you think that's how God wants you to feel? Of course not. So you know what I know in my heart? I'm like, wait a minute. I'm running on my own fumes here. Wait a minute, I have not connected with Him. Because you see what happens is that we live in a physical world. And unless we discipline ourselves, we're only going to be sensory to the physical world. But we need to have the discipline, the responsibility, ladies and gents, to go and sit and open up our hearts. Experience His presence. Understand His heart. Feel His love towards us. Amen? Receive what He wants to give to us. As a believer, that has to be your number one priority. People come to us, okay, so so, so, which book must I, must I read first and what's the order of all the scriptures? I'm like, whoa, you just gave your life to God last week. You need to prioritize now receiving His love. You need to prioritize now opening that heart and opening that heart and, and sharpening those senses and maturing in your spiritual senses. Then... The power comes in for all of this. Are you guys with me? Because there's nothing worse when you read these words, but you are the one who is the source in your life. Amen? Some people read Jesus' words like, oh, that's rough. I'm like, eh. I don't see it rough. I mean, he's, he's the one who sustains his word. So if he says it, it's truth. Amen? So what do we do? When we find those moments of the heavy pressure, and we're trying to achieve something, and we're trying to go somewhere in life. We need to make the decision and stand by it that only as I see him do will I do. Only as I hear him speak will I speak. Why should we do that? Because Jesus did. Amen? He was explaining to us the importance of being connected with your Father. You are one spirit with him, but are you being connected with him? Amen? Pash, how do I do that? Well, it's your heart. Go and sit down and put in the effort and discipline and sit down and say, Lord, you told me that I'm reconciled to you. Your word says that you're alive inside of me. So right now, I open my heart to you. How many times do you need to do that? As many as necessary. But you've got to believe because you've been given the evidence of the cross. Amen? Do you know that the early church, they had a fraction of the tools that we have now we got Google, we got YouTube, we got podcasts, we got printed Bibles, we've got, you know, complete networking, everything. There the apostles rocked up. They said, this is who the Son of God is, the Messiah, the living God. Believe. And they believed. And then he said, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Boom. And what did they do? They took that experience and they lived by it. Amen? They stayed connected to the living God so that wherever they went, they found themselves at rest. They found themselves in flow with God. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. You guys getting something this morning? See, we don't want you running around playing church, doing Christianese, falling into religion. This is about relationship. Amen. Relationship with the living God. You can have an open Bible 24 hours if you don't have an open heart. It means nothing. Amen. It means nothing. We do not know. When, it's, when the Bible says that we must know God, it's talking about an experiential knowledge. It never speaks about an intellectual knowledge. The Bible's good. But the most powerful Christians in this Bible never had a Bible. Hello? The Bible is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But the most powerful men that we are asked to follow here never had one. What did they have? They had an experience. Hello? Amen? Can we just keep it simple? Can we just keep it the way we were created, connect with our Father in heaven? The Bible's just going to remind you how good He is and what He's done for you. But learning all the Scriptures ain't going to transform you because it's not about your intellect. It's about your spirit, man. Are you hearing him? Are you feeling him? Do you know that the most, the most hectic thing for us as Christians is not even knowing that God loves us. It's not even, uh, uh, none of that. It's the patience of waiting to have the experience. Are you with me? Can you just wait before you go buy that car, please? Can you just wait? Just wait. What, what's a big deal? Going to go buy those sneakers for three grand or whatever it is. Can you just wait until you have the peace, till you have the experience? You want to be able to put those things on your feet and dance, not put them on your feet and go. Yes, I don't know. Uh, labour was labour God's plan. Should I have swiped the credit card? Do you know most of the times where you where you wait? Guess what happens? Somebody else buys you the sneakers, because your father wants to show you how much he loves you you think he's not interested in just the little things that even those little things sometimes when you wait you see something pop up on your phone and it's like oh no there's like a 30 percent discount on the same ones but if i went two days ago yeah. hello that's all our father is saying he's saying i don't care if you ate or if you're 80 will you just slow down i'm yeah. i'm your father i want to lead you give me a chance And he says, I'll lead you to places where you'll drink from wells that you never dug. He says, you'll eat from grapevines that you never planted. This is what he's saying. Don't try and intellectualize this thing. Just connect with him. When we come have worship here on a Sunday, come learn how to connect. That's the key. When we have discipleship school on a Wednesday, We're not trying to intellectualize it. We're trying to renew your mind so that you can have that experience daily. Amen? That's what it is. He's the source of life. Tap into it. Experience life. You know what? You don't have any other choice. If you don't, your wife might just say, I can't handle it anymore. Because you're not able to give her what she needs in this moment because you're just not getting it from God. Flowers aren't cutting it, brother. There's something deeper. Hello? X5 not
0: going to cut it. Huh? Eh? x not going
1: to cut it. <laughs> it's not going to cut it. Are you with me? Can we just be patient? Can we just wait? Can we just be led? And in the meantime, you're supposed to be like a child enjoying life. Amen. From the time we closed this door here yeah, this morning and you go out, it's like back in the day when you were running around in the, in the felt playing cricket and soccer, riding your bicycle, swimming, whatever. You know, you just had a joll as a kid. Do you guys remember that? And you would just keep going. Even the streetlights, which was the warning sound from mom. If the streetlights come off, you're not back on. But you're not even thinking about you just having a joel. Let's have another one. Another round. Let's go. Let's go. Until you hear the voice. Dinner's ready. Come wash your hands. I don't know whatever you guys used to hear, but I used to hear, get your ass in here now. <laughs> My mom wasn't politically correct. And guess what? He, she interrupted, and, and I know, okay, listen, I'm having fun. I'm going to go and eat now. That's how God wants you to live your life. When, if you have patience, and, if you, and you're trusting him, and you know he's your father, you can enjoy life, and when there's big things that need to happen, he will interrupt you, and he will make You will lead your way. Go enjoy your life, man. Jesus died a very hectic price for you to experience that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Awesome. Did you guys get something? Give him a big round of applause. Come on. Let's be free. Let's just close our eyes. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Jesus started very late but we we're ending on time that's how god is they say he's always late but he's always on time <laughs> <laughs> man let's just close our eyes jared's gonna play for us we pray father i know that there's nothing i can bring to this table uh, There's nothing that I can bring in my strength. In actual fact, I don't even have my own breath. It's it's yours that I'm borrowing. It's your gift of life. Thank you for giving me this, this gift, Lord. Thank you for giving us people in our lives the gifts and the talents to make a way thank you for giving us all these things sometimes we just take it all for granted and we just want to say thank you Holy Spirit we want to experience you in our in our hearts and then in our marriages our relationships with our family our children our workplace I know the only thing that can set us apart in the workplace, Lord, is the fact that we've just had that experience with you. And when we walk into the workplace, we know there's this profound uh, uh, thing coming off of us, this presence coming off of us that just touches people, changes people. Thank you for doing all that you've done, Father, Thank you for looking after us. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for always making a way for us financially, physically. When it comes to our health, when it comes to the purity of our thoughts, sanity of our mind. Thank you, Father. Without you, we have nothing. Without you, all we have is our five senses in the natural Confusing us, limiting us. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Father, I pray that each and every person here this morning will now that they've heard the true gospel, when they wake up tomorrow morning, they'll know. The priority is I'm having coffee with Jesus before I'm going to work. I'm having coffee with Jesus before I even see my wife's face. I'm having coffee with Jesus before I see my children. I'm having coffee with Jesus before I do whatever the task is. And from there, we know it'll be the day that the Lord has made. And it'll be a good one in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give you a big shout of praise, God.